It's important to eventually get a comprehensive financial plan for yourself. But sometimes, even just minor adjustments to your portfolio can make a big difference. Easy wins. Let's discuss a few places we can start. A successful retirement plan begins with assembling the right set of tools. Finding the proper ones for the job will allow you to drill down on your goals and nail down your future. Scott Searles, certified wealth strategist and owner of Skybox Financial Group, constructs retirement plans for clients every day and will share that knowledge and insight with you. It's time to open the retirement toolbox and get to work. Thanks for joining us on another edition of Retirement Toolbox. Walter Storholt alongside Scott Searles of Skybox Financial Group. Scott's the president there, financial advisor that guides us each and every episode to hopefully a more successful and uh, clearer path for our retirement futures. Uh, 20 plus years of experience in the business has helped Scott amass tons of knowledge. And uh, we always tap on into that knowledge here on the show. We're going to talk about those easy wins in personal finance on today's episode, as Scott teased moments ago. And I feel like this is a good one to end the year with here, Scott, which, by the way, uh, uh, Merry Christmas to you and Happy Holidays and yeah, Happy Merry New Christmas. Year and all that good stuff, because Almost. it's our last show of 2023, if you can believe it. Yeah, I know. Time flies, doesn't it? it does. And you know what? I love in that intro that you said I had vast knowledge because vast. I talk to my family and they don't think I have vast knowledge. <laughs> It depends I, on the so subject, it's right? it's good to hear that from somebody. Your your, your family uh, they, they don't appreciate your financial knowledge at least at least not yet. Perhaps maybe maybe when your daughters are older they'll they'll have a better uh, appreciation for that for now. But. Well, well, you know, so so one of my older daughters that's a nurse, you know, she's just about a year or so out of college, and she sent me a text the other day, and she wants to come in. She wants me to help her with budgeting, and I'm like. Okay, well, apparently she knows what I do for a living, and, and okay. you know, this is a good sign, That's right? Nice. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, why don't you, you know, she works, she's a nurse, she works crazy shifts. I'm like, well, why don't you just let me know when you come and just come in the office, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll just go through that. We'll we'll work on a budget plan for you and and make sure you're saving enough. Which oh, you, know, I you must have been from, tickled about all that being. Yeah, I'm like, like someone's appreciating down. what I do. Yeah. Yes. That's awesome. So that was great. Well, good. She's getting so on the right gonna, track early. That's fantastic. So I'm going to focus on getting her some easy wins right away to start. Excellent. I love it. Can, can I share one funny thing with you just because you brought yeah. up the, the dog? I, I went to go get my coffee this morning, and I go to the same coffee place every day. They're awesome. I love them. Um, they, we're always chatty and just everything. But I pull up today, and they and the, the one gal says, Hey, uh, weird question for you. We were all just talking about this uh, before you pulled up. Uh, do you have kids? And I was like, no, not yet. Uh, it's on the agenda, but not yet. And they were like, oh, okay. Because we were all just like, man, he has such like crazy, like fun dad energy. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I was like, wow. All right. So I, I guess I'm prepared. I, I don't know whether that's like a good thing or like, oh, yeah, you're already such an old soul that we think you're like, you know, you must be a dad to five kids or something because you're just zany and, and you know, whatever that means. Or well, do I take it as like, oh, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to be a dad. Let's bring it on. <laughs> well, my question is, do you go rolling in that coffee shop, throwing out dad jokes at him all the time? Or, Not or really, but, you know, I'm pretty jovial and I'm often in there at like 530 or six in the morning and I'm 
I'm always like, hey, guys, how's it going? Hope you have a wonderful day. What are you up to? You know, so I mean, I'm very talk. Yeah, Maybe just be wow. more of a morning person. But You may scare the heck out of some people. <laughs> What is this guy doing at five thirty in the morning? It did make oh, yeah. me laugh, though. They were like, "You have like crazy, like fun dad energy," and I was like, "Oh God, I'm going to be that dad." It sounds like <laughs> that's <laughs> the kids funny. are like, "Oh, we have the best dad, but he's he's crazy." <laughs> Love the story, fun stuff. All right, easy wins in personal finance. Let's do it. Uh, first one on our list here would be to keep the right amount in cash. Why is that such an easy win? Well, you know, it's easy. You know, people will save money in their bank and keep saving it and saving it and saving it. But eventually it starts piling up in there. And, you know, you're putting a little bit away every month or whatever. But you don't want to have that much lazy money sitting around. So an easy win is simply just to trim down some of that cash. You certainly want to have money in the bank. I usually recommend three to six months worth of expenses in there that you can have liquid and you can grab and get the rest working for you a little bit. Get a brokerage account, get that money growing. So that's an easy thing you could do to start you getting heading in the right direction. That's helpful. Yeah. And all of these, by the way, they're, they're easy wins. Like if you do them, they become an easy win. But sometimes the mental block can be harder to do. Like not robbing your uh, emergency savings can be a diff. It's an easy thing. To, it should be an easy thing to not do. But mentally, we often still will do that to ourselves. It, it, right. This one can have both directions, right? You save too much in cash or have too little in cash. So hitting that right amount gets you that easy win. So kind of Absolutely. think about that as we go through each of these as you're listening to today's show that yeah, if, if we can do these, they're big, easy wins. Uh, they Absolutely. move the needle, all of these, pretty significantly. Uh, mm-hmm. Something else I would imagine that would be an easy win is just taking a few moments and cleaning up some old life insurance policies. What's the big deal here? Well, you know, life insurance policies have changed so much over the last few years, and you could have old policies sitting around you know, you have a policy for, you know, 50,000 here, 50,000 there, 100,000 there, whatever. And you'd be surprised a lot of times you can consolidate them together, get a new policy, and it could be cheaper with the same death benefit, or you can be paying the same amount and get more of a death benefit. So it's definitely worth cleaning up those old policies and it'll help you get a little bit farther ahead. Yeah, it's, uh, it seems like one of those kinds of things that's not too hard to do, but just got to have the discipline to check in and do it. Another easy win in personal finance would be to consolidate old 401ks. Why does that move the needle? Well, you know, it's easy. In the good old days, right, your grandfather, father, they would work at the same company their whole life. And they had one retirement plan. Most likely had a pension, didn't even have the retirement plan. But nowadays, People do change jobs a little bit more frequently, and you have end up having all these little retirement accounts spread out all over the place. Consolidating and rolling those into an IRA outside all those 401k plans can give you the opportunity to invest in a lot of different things, most likely lower your costs too from inside that 401k plan, as well as you know get a, get a strategy that better suits your needs. Uh, so that's another easy one. Yeah, like that one a lot. The consolidate. I mean, for me, that's just a mental one. Like, I hate looking at eighty-five different accounts, right? Like, the, just get, get everything into just a couple, so I can just manage it easier. That's worth doing it right there. Let alone for all the other efficiencies that you mentioned. So that's a right. good one. All right, three down. Here's another one. Uh, reconsider your managed account that has limited management. 
Can you explain that for us? I'm sure some people may not quite understand managed versus non-managed and, and some of those kinds of things. Yeah. So this is an account where you're working with an advisor and they're, you're paying a management fee to them, but you notice that there's not a lot of management being done. Maybe you have the same mutual funds or investments for five years and they've never changed, but yet you're paying this guy this fee to do this stuff for you. You never hear from them. You never talk to them. You never meet with them. And it's easy to just kind of let that stay there, you know, but the reality is, you know, you should take a look at having something that's more professionally managed, something you know the strategy about, and work with an advisor that communicates that to you. Because, you know, that's something that, you know, 10, 15 years from now, you know, like you said, Walter, a hard thing to get over now. I always say, you know, everybody, everybody says that they, uh, you know, the cheating husband always says they're going to leave their spouse for the girlfriend, but they never do, right? Because it's it's hard. It's hard to leave that guy. And maybe that's a poor analogy, but, I, you know, it's hard to leave that guy. But if you do and you get yourself in a better situation, it'll help you 10, 15 years down the road. Yeah, we had to take it in a dark direction here for a Sorry. nice, upbeat, easy wins, personal finance <laughs> conversation. Sheesh. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I, I get what you're saying, though, and, and how, how difficult that can be to, to just end any relationship, right? And so sometimes people aren't a good fit for their advisor anymore. But even if they know that in their core, it can be hard to walk away because you might have developed a friendship or just a, yeah. uh, even a professional relationship can be hard to end. Yeah, absolutely. Or, you, you know, you've always been with them for so long, you know, you, you know, change is hard. Yeah, at least you know what you're dealing with in a way um, with the current relationship where you're entering into the unknown otherwise, and, and that can be right. tough, to, tough to deal with. So, yeah, it's a, it's a good one. That one maybe is not as easy of a win. That's the, if we were going to rank our easy wins in personal finance, that might actually be the hardest one of, the, of this list just because yep. of that emotional component. Absolutely. All right, well, very good. Uh, how about this next one? This one might be a little bit easier to think about. Uh, think about replacing high-expense mutual funds. How does one go about analyzing that? And, and why is that an easy win ultimately? Well, so, you know, back in the day, you know, the, they would have, uh, you know, different classes of mutual funds and not so common now, but they would have C shares of mutual funds. that would have real high fees in there that you're paying and you're paying. And, you know, even A share mutual funds or, or B shares that convert into A's, they all have higher internal fees. Now, there's nothing wrong with paying the higher fee if indeed that fund is doing something extraordinary. And if, if you're paying a higher fee and the returns are extraordinary, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But you need to evaluate that. Also, the other thing with mutual funds, too, that a lot of people don't realize is phantom income. If you invest in a mutual fund inside a regular, you know, taxable brokerage account, you could run across a situation where at the end of the year, you get your statement, you look at it and you're like, oh man, I lost money this year, a rough year in the market. You know, you're down 10% or something. Then come February, you get a 1099 saying that you owe taxes on the money that you just lost. And that's phantom income because the mutual funds constantly switching and changing in there and, and buying and selling investments. And even though the fund may have lost money, it may have generated tax liability for you throughout the year. So 
you know, taking a look at maybe some index funds or ETFs are going to reduce your costs and also reduce that tax liability because we don't want to tip the IRS if we don't have to. All right, very good. Let's go to one uh, one additional one here would be to analyze the tax efficiency of your investments. How does that move the needle for folks? And, and is right, that something well, that you help with on a regular basis? Well, taxes are, are a thing I focus on a lot. And I kind of just already talked about that. Phantom income of mutual funds is one thing you can clean up. The other thing, too, is simply the accounts. You know, the types of accounts that you're investing in. You're going to have your IRAs, 401ks that are going to be pre-tax dollars that you put your money in and then it grows tax deferred. And when you take your money out at the end, it's going to be taxable compared to a Roth account where you can put that money in after tax dollars. It all grows tax free. And then when you take your money out, it's going to be tax free. So I always tell people, do you want to pay taxes on the seed or the harvest? So in other words, would you rather pay $10,000, pay taxes on $10,000 now at what are lower tax rates historically, or would you rather wait till that 10,000 grows in the 50 and then pay taxes on $50,000 at what probably is going to be higher tax rates in the future? And when you think about it like that, that's how important it is in investing the right amounts in the right accounts. Because what we look to do here at Skybox Financial Group is is reduce a client's overall lifetime tax liability. Sometimes that means paying a little bit more taxes now so that you have got substantially less taxes in the future. All right. This has been a good list so far. This is uh, your list of easy wins in personal finance, small changes that move the needle in a big way. Don't forget to check your beneficiary designations. This is always going to be on the list because if uh, if, if if this is more the other direction, right? A small change doesn't mm-hmm. improve the plan, but a, a small change that could have been made that was missed uh, could ruin a plan. That's exactly right, and I've seen it. I've had people come in here, and we we're 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 looking, you know, their new clients. We're we're going through a beneficiary review. And, you know, they may have grown kids, but yet they still have their mother who's deceased as a beneficiary on a life insurance policy. It's like, oh, geez, here. You know, so, you know, just taking a look at those beneficiary designations on your anything that's got beneficiaries, IRAs, 401ks, life insurance, annuities, making sure you've got the proper you know, beneficiaries on there because maybe you got divorced or you got married or you had a kid or someone passed away. They need to be updated and changed because that's an easy thing you can do, like you said, Walter, that could really alleviate big problems down the road. Yeah, and that's a big one. What about rebalancing the portfolio? Uh, Is that easy to do and how often do we need to do it? Yeah, no, I mean, rebalancing is easy. Uh, we rebalance our client's portfolio because what happens is eventually that portfolio gets out of whack and it eventually becomes riskier over time if you don't rebalance it. And let me explain to you why. Usually, the higher growth securities in a portfolio are going to be the riskier ones, risk and reward, higher, you know, higher risk, higher reward. So your stocks and and your equity mutual funds, in theory, are going to grow more than your bonds or your more conservative portions of that portfolio. So over time, 
those risky asset classes become a bigger and bigger and bigger part of that portfolio. And if you don't rebalance it and bring it back down in the line, your portfolio gets riskier and riskier. Then you have like a 2008 or a market drop happen. Your portfolio will get hit a lot harder than you anticipated because it was riskier than what you originally started with. All right, we have two more uh, to go over here in our easy wins for personal finance list. The next one is, are you underestimating your proper emergency fund balance? This one points back a little bit to our very first one, talking about Mm -hmm. the right amount of money in cash, but zeroing in specifically on the emergency fund here. Yeah. And, you know, like I mentioned then, I, we usually start with that three to six months worth of expenses. And then we work from there. There, there are some people that, you know, they know that they're going to have something that's going to pop up or maybe are like, man, my furnace is so old and I think it's just going to die any day now. Well, then maybe we have a little bit extra built in there for that. So, you know, it's important to, to make sure that you have got a, proper size emergency fund without getting too much. So there's a balance there. But also remember that even inside your brokerage account, you can have more uh, investments that aren't as long-term, maybe intermediate term that you could tap to in case of a severe emergency. I call it roof blows off the house money. <laughs> roof blows off the house money. I like that. Yeah, I kind of think about that too and 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 need to probably look at our own emergency fund. That, that three months expenses feels feels a little tight, you know, these days, and it would be nice to have a little more breathing room there. So maybe that's something the older you get, the more breathing room you want. <laughs> right, <laughs> the less, right. The less risk you want there a little bit. Right. All right, last but not least, an easy win to help your personal finance uh, as we look forward to 2024 might be to automate your savings. And this is so powerful, isn't it? Oh, yeah. We, we encourage this all the time. So, you know, you can do this in several different ways. You can simply just have this set up you know, with your 401k at work, just having that money come out of your paycheck. But then I also encourage people outside of that 401k to also have some some bank drafts out of their bank account and save in the non-retirement funds too. It helps to build up that emergency fund as well as allows you to build up a bucket of money that if you grab it later on in retirement, it's not going to be taxed out the wazoo. So, I think building that, you know, having that automatic savings thing that you just don't think about. And we set that up a lot for people that are in that accumulation phase and saving money because when you don't think about it and it just happens, I mean, once it's out of the bank account, you'd be like, oh man, I forgot about that. And then like, okay, well, I'll adjust. You know, it just happens. So yeah, that's an easy, easy win to start accumulating money. All right, there you go. Your easy wins in personal finance. Uh, if you need some help achieving these easy wins or want to work with a professional who can help you discover all the easy wins that are out there, not just the couple that we went over on the show today, don't hesitate to reach out to Scott Searles and discuss your financial situation, where you want to go in your retirement, and how to get there financially and uh, emotionally and, uh, and and just you know with that physical preparation as well from your uh, portfolio standpoint. It's very easy to get in touch. All you have to do is call 888-742-0111. That'll put you in touch directly with Scott, or you can go online to talkwithscott.net, talkwithscott.net. 
Thanks for walking us through, Scott, these easy wins in personal finance. I don't know if the rest of the show will be easy. We're going to get to know Scott coming up in just a moment a little bit better. And we've got a mailbag question on today's show from Meredith. And uh, Meredith is kind of having some uh, different issues interviewing a couple of different financial advisors. And there's Mm -hmm. like some very cryptic messaging she's receiving. So I don't know if that one will be as easy to answer. That should be kind of a fun question to tackle on the show today, Scott. All right. I like it. Yeah, we had to throw you at least one challenge to end the year here. All right, so we'll get to that question and more coming up next. It's getting to know you time. All right, fun getting to know you question this time, Scott, is about animals. If you could have any exotic animal as a pet, which would it be? Boy, that's a tough one, right? Because... uh, Think of that Joe Exotic guy with this, like his tigers running around, <laughs> the tigers, right? Yeah, yeah. But you know, I wouldn't want anything that would rip my face off or possibly kill me. Like yeah, a monkey, be really stressful living with that, right? Yeah, like, you know, monkeys are cool. I mean, they're they're kind of cute. They're mm-hmm. like little people. You know, they do stuff. You could teach yeah, them to, you know, cool. you know, monkeys go can bite fed, though. Yeah, fetch you a beer from the fridge, but yeah, you know that that it could rip your face off. I mean, yeah. there's always it's happened, right? Especially the bigger ones, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so I would have a tendency, you know, it's not cool, but man, I I think I go something with like a koala bear. Those things are like so cute, right? Oh, they yeah. just hang slower. out and eat his eucalyptus leaves, uh-huh. and then you know, and he probably walks around the house, and maybe you could train it to, you know, go in a litter box or something. I, mm-hmm. I don't know, but it's definitely cuter, and I I don't think they're violent. Or I don't, a sloth, a sloth would be really cool. Yeah, but they they got those claws, man. That's you just imagine that thing, you know, climbing up your your arm and just like ripping in there, and then they sit there for an hour because they move <laughs> so slow. You're like, I can't get this thing off me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I Love maybe it. koala bear would be a something. Koala be pr- more it's reasonable. Safe. They're cute. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Like How a panda, a, a panda just rolling around in your backyard would be pretty entertaining and pretty fun. It would. But same kind of deal, like kind of tough to take care of. They eat a ton, and they're pretty big. So a koala might get you a similar cuteness but a more manageable size. Yeah, yeah, I I, I think. Yeah, what about you? I'd go penguin. I'd take a penguin. I just think it'd be fun to have a penguin, like, hanging out, walking around, chilling. Yeah, you'd have to keep your house cold. Yeah, well, they they sometimes don't. There's penguins that live in warmer climates, right? Like you could turn the warmer. spare bedroom into a little ice palace. A little ice palace. Get him a little. His bedroom. Get him a little pond in there that he can jump in and out of. He can walk yeah. around out back. Yeah. Get a get a little Penguins pool for cool. him. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I see him at the zoo, and they just, you know, and it's funny when they get fed. They just kind of look fun, and so it kind of makes me think of like how you feed the dog, and they get really excited. You look at the penguin; mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, they waddle over, like, yeah, hook me up. Yeah, I would definitely want something that would be safe, though. I, not anything that would, like I said. Yeah. You know, could injure you or your family. Right. It would just, the stress of, I mean, it might be cool to have the tiger, but the stress of it's not worth it. Yeah. I'm, no. I'm with you on that front. Yeah. Or a snake, a big snake or something. Yeah. Yeah. Then that, I could just imagine that thing got loose in the house the whole I've never moment. understood people who like the snakes in the house and the tarantulas. Oh, yeah. Like, why? I, why I saw, do you want that threat, that possibility? I, Don't want I it. Saw, I saw my one of my daughters sent me a TikTok, and uh, it was this. They were at at a little. It looked like a little kindergarten or even a preschool. Just this little guy, right? And they must have had like a 
you know, Jungle Dave come in with these animals, right? And one of them was a tarantula inside this little container. And she's putting it up to show all the kids. And this woman goes over to this little boy while she drops it. And this tarantula falls on him <laughs> and starts. And he is just losing his oh mind. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, oh, I would be the same way. Yeah. I would, I would be because I'm not a spider guy. I just yeah uh, same. I'm just uh, too many legs and those creepy eyes. It's not a spider guy. So the yeah, first I time I ever met Connie's dad, he put a tarantula on me. That was n- <laughs> yep. What he worked he worked at like a a, a biomedical uh, facility type kind of place where mm-hmm. they basically do casts of different all different types of animals for educational purposes. So they put them in these like gel casts. Some mm-hmm. sometimes just the regular animals, sometimes opened up with all everything labeled, like all the different parts, and then mm-hmm. they distribute it all across the world for educational purposes. So they okay. do all sorts of stuff like that. Anyway, so in his office, he had several of those kinds of animals. They had the live animals there at the facility. So mm-hmm. he would then often have some as pets as part of it. He had a snake for a while, and we've heard some really funny stories of the snake getting loose and then the cleaning people finding it um, nice. while they were cleaning the office one day, things like that. But yeah, he had a tarantula, and so the first time I ever met him, we met him at his office to go out to lunch, and uh, he said, come in the office real quick, and he came in and just kind of with no warning or anything, just turns around and like puts it on my shoulder, and he's like, yeah, this is my pet tarantula, and I'm like, all right, welcome to the family. <laughs> you didn't freak out or lose it? I was I was ready for it to be off my arm, but uh, luckily he didn't go too far and like let it cr- climb up my neck, and you know it was just kind of crawling up my arm a little bit, and I was like, all right, all right, I got it, thank you, I'll be wow. good to your daughter, thank you, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that was his way of I don't know, like asserting a don't mess with me or else you'll get the tarantula sort of uh, yeah, there you message. go. <laughs> but yeah, some people go old school and clean the shotgun when a guy comes over. He, yeah, he went with the tarantula. He, he they, that's exactly tarantula. how I took it. I took it as the shotgun part but it was just with the tarantula instead he was like i'll get creative on your butt (laughs) (laughs) too funny that's good stuff all right let's get to a serious and really good question uh from meredith and uh we'll open up the mailbag it's time for the mailbag we want to hear from you so Meredith says, I've interviewed a few different financial advisors, and they're all very cryptic about what they're actually going to do with my money. It's like they don't want to tell me anything until I give them everything, and then they'll surprise me or something. Is this normal behavior? Well, Meredith, that, that's actually a really good question, because there are some different financial advisors that you know they, they don't really develop the plan or give you any strategies until that money is transferred to them. And usually they'll do that for several different reasons. Uh, you know, in our industry, a lot of the times you meet with people and they're like info hogs, right? They'll have you go through the whole process, have you do all this stuff, and then they were never an intention of working for you. So part of it is maybe a little self-defense, but I think that you need to have that combination of both because there are different things that we'll need to figure out later, but simply having everything you know, you want to have at least 80% of that strategy nailed down before you you transfer those funds over. You want to know what they're going to invest in, the reason why they're going to do that. Now those investments may change a little bit, but at least have that strategy down. And I think that's an important part because I tell everybody that you have worked your whole life to accumulate everything that you have. And for you to just turn it over to somebody without having any idea what they're going to do, 
I would never ask that of anybody, and I don't think you should accept that uh, from anybody either. Yeah, it's got to be part of the relationship, this trade-off, right, of in, of information, of expectations, but transparency is really, really important, especially right. in today's world, I would think. So uh, it, it sounds like something you strive for in your office, Scott, is to be transparent with people when they when they want to inquire about working with you and talking a little bit more about just, just how the whole process works. Right, right, exactly. I want people to understand it and, you know, trust is something that you build. And I'm always willing to take that first step. And like I said, because, you know, this is a big decision for people when they come into my office. So I want them to feel comfortable. I want them to feel knowledgeable and empowered when they're making those decisions, because it's just going to make their experience much more successful and exciting for them. And and it's going to give us an opportunity to really show people what we're able to do. All right. If you've got questions for Scott, you want to explore what a relationship would be like to help prepare for retirement and your financial future, get in touch one of these two ways. You can go to talkwithscott.net. That's talkwithscott.net and schedule a time from your smartphone or computer to meet with Scott for a financial review, a complimentary visit, by the way, talkwithscott.net, or you can call 888-742-0111. And we put that number and that contact info in the description of today's show so you can find it very easily. Scott, that'll wrap things up for us this week. Thanks for a great uh, podcast 2023 journey, and uh, we look forward to more with you soon. Looking forward to it. Enjoy the holidays, everybody. We'll see you next time right back here on Retirement Toolbox. Go Browns. Investment advisory services provided by Skybox Asset Management, LLC.